So there's this guy, Brad, and we're friends. You know, not close friends, but I've been to his house for Easter brunch once, and he and his wife came to what used to be our annual Christmas curling party at our house before COVID. So we're friends. We don't talk to each other all the time or anything, but his number's programmed into my phone, that kind of thing. And how we know each other is from this self-help group that we both belong to. And in that group, sometimes you're asked to tell your story, right? Kind of like your pitch to everyone else, like where you came from, what it's like now, what happened along the way. So part of his pitch, he'd always include a couple stories, one of which is the hilarious admission (laughs) that he used to wear this guitar on his back, right? When he first started coming to our meetings when he was 18 and this, you know, guitar, he had like this hippie vibe with like, you know, um, bell bottoms, you know, he'd hand out flowers sometimes to people in the meetings and he wore that guitar everywhere. Like all the meetings he went to, he'd wear this guitar. But it wasn't until years later that he admitted he didn't even know how to play the guitar. It was just a prop, just part of a costume to fit in. And it worked for him. <laughs> he did fit in. And the other part of this story that I'll never forget is the story about his dad. My mom shared with me when I was very young uh, that um, my dad was a man by the name of Michael And uh, Michael was a drug addict, and he was killed by the police while robbing a liquor store when I was about two years old. Gunned down by the cops as he was fleeing a robbery scene. That's a lot of street cred. (laughs) And the thing was, unlike the guitar getup, this story is entirely true. Not only was his dad a ruthless robber, He was so frequent in his robberies, he had his own nickname given to him by the police in Orange County. Here's an article from LA Times dated December 6th, 1970. An admitted Huntington Beach heroin user shot to death by Los Angeles police has been tentatively identified as the so-called Derringer Bandit, sought by Orange County authorities in a connection with a score of robberies. Santa Ana detective said Michael Wynn 24, has been identified from the police photographs by the victim of at least one robbery. Wynn was fatally wounded Thursday when he was shot by police during an attempted holdup of a market in Canoga Park. The weapon Wynn was carrying, a 22 caliber double-barreled Derringer, is the same type of gun used in each of the Orange County holdups, police said. Before he died, police said Wynn admitted committing the robberies to get money to buy heroin. My name's Don Anderson, and you're listening to Missing Pieces, NPE Live. This is Season 4, Episode 4. Brett, Son of the Derringer Bandit. Before we get to the episode, I just want to ask you guys, do you guys know about the summit? I'm talking about the summit for MPEs, adoptees, and donor-conceived people. It's called Untangling Our Roots. It's put on by Right to Know and NAP, which is NAAP, National Association for Adoptees and Parents. Untangling Our Roots is a conference for people like us. You know, it's kind of like a convention, sort of. So mark your calendars, April 25th through 28th in Denver, 2024. You can register now. And guess what? Three of your favorite podcasters are going to be doing a special panel. On Friday, the 26th of April, Lily Wood, the OG of podcasters from MPE Stories, and Eve Sturgis from Everything is Relative, are joining me as their moderator, and we're going to make a couple episodes for their podcast. It's live and in person at the summit, and you can be there to participate, to watch, whatever you see fit. And in addition, I might be just walking around with a microphone, making my own episode. So register now. Go to untanglingourroots.org untanglingourroots.org Now back to Brett's story. So uh, my name is Brett Dalton and I am uh, originally from Huntington Beach, uh, California. Um, I grew up as an only child uh, with 
a, pretty much a single mom. Um, and I say that because uh, I, she did marry um, my stepdad when I was five, but it was kind of an on and off again relationship. So it was really just me and my mom most of my life. So Brett knew who his dad was. Remember, he was told when he was two. And that always haunted him. So my entire life, I kind of grew up with that hanging over my head, that kind of in the background that there was this guy that my mom was madly in love with. And she used to tell me about how much she loved him. And I looked like him. And um, there were pictures, um, you know, of him. And he, he was, you know, he was a hippie guy in the 60s and, you know, long hair and kind of looked like a modern day Jesus. And uh, I wanted to, um, I, you know, on some levels, besides the drugs and the being the junkie part, I admired this guy because my mom was so madly in love with him. My mom was very young when she had me. I forgot to mention that part. You know, she was 17 years old when she had me. Uh, it was 1969. And, um, you know, she was a hippie kid and doing, you know, she was brought up in with a single mom because her dad died when she was, you know, very young. And um, he was also my dad. My grandfather was um, a junkie also and uh, apparently ended up dying in a fire. Uh, you know, he nodded out with a cigarette or something and ended up burning and dying. You know, so I, I, I guess in my head, it was just the pattern, right? So my, my grandfather was a junkie, my father was a junkie, and, and um, that's the type of guy my mom was attracted to, I guess, you know? And, and, um, and so my whole life, I was kind of brought up with that, that thing over my head, and um, there was a lot of shame around it, to be very frank. I, was, uh, I felt like I always kind of had to tell a lie. People would ask me, where's your dad? And I would say, oh, you know, he was killed in Vietnam. Or, you know, there was, there was a lie that I had to make up. And I was always living with that over my head, even though I, I knew the truth, because my mother was very honest with me and kind of just shared with me that that's what went down. I, I can remember very clearly when I was little asking my mom, where's my dad? You know, who, who's my dad? And she would say, well, he was this guy, Michael, yada, yada, yada. And unfortunately, he got addicted to drugs. And, you know, she would share that story with me. And then, of course, there was the newspaper articles because my mom had all these newspaper articles from when he had a name, by the way, uh, because he was doing this a lot. He was robbing liquor stores a lot. So he was called the Derringer Bandit. Apparently, he robbed liquor stores with his with a small Derringer pistol. I went on Ancestry and found the articles and read through exactly how he died, where he died. He died in Canoga Park. Uh, I like I, The weirdest thing was I would drive by to go to work because I worked in Woodland Hills, and I would drive right by where he died, and it would always bring up these memories. So, so I longed desperately to know who my dad was. We did know one of his brothers. One of his brothers... Um, uh, kind of was always in my mom's life, uh, ancillary, like, you know, every once in a while she would call them and they were friends and that kind of stuff and they would connect. But when my mom went to his funeral, she brought me with him and introduced me to my grandparents or to his parents. And they, they said, no, that's not true and wanted nothing to do with my mom. So my mom took it and left and you know, she just knew that that part of the family wasn't going to be in her life. Oh, when you she went to your dad's funeral. Yes, I my, thought you were saying the brother. Okay, I got it. I, I, yeah, I'm I, sorry I, about that. Yeah, I the pro pronoun yeah. thing. <laughs> you know, my whole life I kind of longed to know this other family. So when I got old enough, I would ask Marty, which was my my uh, Michael's brother. Um, questions. He actually came to my graduation when I graduated from college, um, but he was very ancillary. It was on that level. I knew that my uh, dad had another sister and another brother, so there was four of them. So I knew that my dad uh, had those people, but I never, I, I never really reached out to them. I, I just kind of. Um, I, since I was told that the family didn't want anything to do with me, I was just, I, I 
kept it to the one person that kind of knew who I was and that kind of stuff. And so I always longed, so I would look up newspaper articles, and then Ancestry came along, and I was like, great, maybe I can find a little bit more about my history. And what year was that, do you think, when you signed up for Ancestry? Probably 10 years ago. Maybe maybe a little early. Maybe it was 15. So you are already married. and I was married with kids by this point. It might have been 2015 or something, or 2017, I think, I went to get my DNA. Okay, that's when I did the DNA stuff. But I was always looking and always trying to find information my entire life. Okay. So, um, and so I, I did end up doing the DNA. Of course, I had all these people that I was connected to, like you do, you know, second cousins and this kind of stuff. But I never, like, I, I would send out emails and say, hey, do you know Michael? Do you know Michael Witten? And nobody would ever respond to any of it. So I just, to be honest with you, in my head kind of thought, yeah, I think it might be a scam. And then out of the blue in, uh, I want to say 2018 or 2019, 2018, I think, uh, I get a Facebook, uh, Facebook message from my cousin. And she basically writes, hey, if you're, I think you're my cousin. If Michael is your father, uh, Michael Wynn, I don't know if we're allowed to use last names or any of that. Kind of stuff. It doesn't really matter. So if Michael Wynn was your father, um, he was my mother's brother, and I think we might be related. Um, I learned about you from this other uncle, Marty, the guy that I had, I had known about. And so this really touched me. It re- I mean, I was absolutely like, oh, my God, I have some something to hold on to. I have something to connect with. So I started talking to her. So um, let me just back up a little bit. So how did she get in touch with you? Through Facebook. Oh, Facebook. Okay. Yeah. All right. Not through the not through not through DNA. Right. No, not on any level of that level. She just found out about me through my uncle. I wanted to find out about where she grew up and who she was and that kind of stuff. And we connected. And it turns out she grew up five minutes, ten minutes away from me. <laughs> you know. And I mean, we were pretty close to the same age. She's two years younger than me, so so we could have run in the same circles, that kind of thing. Uh, we kind of had a lot in common. Um, her mom. My dad's sister, she was not raised by her. She was, uh, her mom was a drug addict and same as my dad. And um, she gave her up or she gave her to her dad. So her dad raised her. Listen, it wasn't, hey, we're going to be best friends, but we talked and we, we certainly for like two or three days, I mean, I was on the phone with her and we were both telling each other our stories and, and, um, you know. She was sharing with me about her grandparents or our grandparents that I wasn't aware of. And she was actually, she actually got mad that her grandparents didn't want anything to do with me. It actually changed, it changed her perception of them on some levels that they weren't accepting me into the family. And she, she felt like, or she had told me that she felt like um, we could have had a relationship growing up our whole life because she was an only child also. And I was an only child. We would be the two youngest, you know, of this generation. There was nobody else after that. It was just us two between these four kids. So before between you were the my, only cousins between yeah, those four. Oh yeah, wow! Yeah, yeah you guys yeah. would have been like yeah siblings if you lived that close. That's right. That's yeah. right. So, um, so there was that. But then the craziest thing is she introduced me to my other uncle, and he got sobered. And and what I haven't shared is that I got sober at age eighteen. Um, and uh, it turns out this other uncle is sober a few months more than I am. And he got sober at the, in the exact same location that I got sober at, which I thought was really cool. So I ended up connecting with him. We got together. We actually went and visited my dad's grave together. Um, we found all these similarities and connections. And I found all these similarities with her also. I just thought, Awesome. I found my family. I found out, you know, and I, I got to find the history and that kind of stuff of, of my Wynn family, of Michael Wynn's family. It was really, really a cool thing. I connected with them. Like everybody in that family totally saw 
my dad and me, they all told me you look so much like the pictures that I've seen of Michael, which makes it very, very odd that it turns out Michael wasn't my father. Missing Pieces will be right back after a break. So every Thanksgiving, I don't know why this is, but every Thanksgiving, my, my family, we go to my, my wife and my kids and her family go to Mammoth. We have a place there. We go there. And for whatever reason, when we're bored, I always go on to Ancestry at that time. And I start playing and looking for um, more information about my dad and, and, and about my uh, genealogy in general, wanted to find out kind of what that line looks like and that kind of thing. So I, and this last, uh, in 2021 on Thanksgiving, I open up my ancestry and, um, at this point I had done my DNA. I, I, I had con- connected to cousins and that kind of stuff, but didn't, nobody was responding to me and saying, you know, and I, I kind of in my head, listen, I'm not a dumb guy. But in my head, I was kind of like, maybe it's just a scam because I get no information about anybody really that I know or that I can connect with, right? Did you see any of your mom's relatives? One, one or two. Yeah, my one cousin I saw on there, and um, but nobody else had done their DNA. I, I, I grew up in a family where everybody was kind of like, I don't want anybody knowing any information about me. So they're all anti, you know, those types of things, so. But, um, and I did see like a second cousin that I recognized the name of, you know, from on my mom's side of things. So, you know, looking back at it, I feel like kind of an idiot that I was in such denial over it, but I had, I'd really bought into the story of who my dad was. I mean, I had proof now, right? I had my cousin who was reaching out to me. I, I knew that this was my, my story. And so I go on to uh, Ancestry on Thanksgiving, and to my surprise, I have a 50% match. Um, and this guy's name is Tim. He's not Michael. It's a different, <laughs> it's a different person. And I think, wow, that's really weird. How can that possibly be? And I tell my wife and I tell her family at the time. Does it say dad or does it just say 50% and you're left to figure it out? No, it says dad. Okay. Father, yeah, it son. Says, it says father, son. Right. Yeah. It says father, son relationship. Wow. And I go, that's not real. <laughs> and I turned it off. And to be very honest with you, I just thought, what a bunch of shit. So I told my wife and, um, and my, my in-laws that were with us and they just kind of like, I was like, oh, that that can't be real. And none of them, all of them were like, all right. Like none of them said, no, that's real, dude. (laughs) None of them, everybody just allowed me to believe whatever I believed at the time. They were like, wow, you know, and kind of, you know. Right. And it wasn't like I didn't make it a big deal either. I was like, this is weird. I got a 50% match. And then it was just like, well, what's past the bacon? (laughs) You know, it was just kind of let's, let's keep moving on with our day like that was that's weird that you would have gotten that i kind of brought it up to my mom and i said mom i saw something on ancestry that was weird you know Uh, it says i have a 50 percent connection with this guy i can't imagine that's real and did you say a name at the time i might have i don't remember to be honest with you i i might have said a name um and then i let it go i just didn't think about it again i just turned it off and let it go. About two weeks later, my mom called me or she texted me and she said, Brett, please call me when you get a minute. I need to talk to you. And my mom had a lot of health issues. So I'd been kind of taking care of her. I thought, oh no, something's from a health perspective. And I, 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 I called her and she said, Brett, I'm so embarrassed. I, I hope you don't hate me. But I think this guy, Tim Denton, is your father. And I said, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? And she said, well, the timeline is weird. I just 
didn't think that he could have been your dad, but apparently he he was your dad. And he contacted me via Facebook saying that, and then she read the text that my dad had sent to her. And I have all those texts, by the way, because I have connection, you know. And um, I'd love to have that. Yeah, I have all the texts. So while Brett checked his phone looking for the messages that his mom left, I went off on a tangent, like I do. But while you're looking, I'm going to talk. So, you know, I just want to say that Brett and I have been talking about (laughs) doing this episode for a long time. And one of the reasons I wanted to do this episode with you is because... I'm going to get emotional. (laughs) Like, I think your mom, a lot of moms don't own up, right? They deny, pass blame. DNA is crazy. DNA does, you know, it's a lot. And your mom just said, hey, I'm sorry. Like, I was wrong. I made a mistake. And that's huge to me. And I think it's huge to a lot of MPEs if moms could just do that. And um, so I wanted to, and I talked to Brett's mom, but she's since passed, and I'm so sorry about that. But it's ser- seriously, her reaction has been the top mom reaction I've seen. And, you know, I love that. I'm going to get emotional. Sorry. Um, yeah, she was a really, she was a really great mom. And, um, you know, I was really grateful that, uh, that, you know, she was so uncomfortable with the fact that this went down. She was embarrassed and like really, really shocked. And, um, you know, but she was happy that I was happy, um, that I found her. She, she was obviously very happy that I didn't, uh, blame her for it. And I I understand, I understand why she, um, didn't know. I mean, there is not, I mean, how do you, if you don't know, you don't know, you know. So eventually he found what he was looking for. And so these are the texts between his mom and his biological father. So this is actually September 25th. So it was way before I found the information. September 25th. And you didn't find it until Thanksgiving. That's correct. So he had already contacted her. He had already contacted my mom. Right. Yeah. So there's that. So it says, um, this is on September 25th of 2021. Hi, Debbie. I don't know if you remember me or not, but we were friends in the late 1960s. My name is Tim Ditton, and I live in Huntington Beach as well. The reason I'm reaching out to you is that I recently joined Ancestry DNA, and I received some unexpected news Thursday afternoon that I wanted to talk to you, talk with you about. If you could call me, and then he gives his phone number. I would really appreciate it. Thanks. My mom doesn't respond. There's no response. On September 28th, he writes, Hi, Debbie. I don't know if you check your messages very often or not. I know many people don't. This is the only way I have of connecting, contacting you. I don't want to disturb or disrupt you or your family, but I feel obligated to let you know that according to Ancestry DNA, Brett is my son. I have no intention of reaching out to him unless you said it was okay to do so. I understand that this is a pretty big surprise for all of us. My concern is that when Brett logs into his Ancestry DNA account in the future, he will see at least two new attached individuals, my daughter, Jessica, and me, with her listed as his sister and me as his father. I have not acknowledged the attachment on Ancestry DNA sites so far, and I don't believe Jessica has either, but it will show up on his anyway, just like it did on mine. Believe me, I didn't join the site looking for relatives. I joined due to the fact that my mother had Alzheimer's and I wanted to see if there was any indication that I might face a similar future. All that aside, I would love to get to know Brett if he is interested. My children are 36, 40, and 42, quite a bit younger than he is, but I thought he might be interested in meeting our family. But I don't want to cause any discomfort or disruption in your family whatsoever. If he never goes on Ancestry DNA site again, he will never find out about me, and I will never make contact unless you grant me permission to do so. I hope this finds you well. I hope this is not too upsetting or causes you any distress or concerns of any kind. 
I won't send you any more messages and make any further attempt to contact you. I hope all the best for you, for Brett and your family. December 10th, my mom answers. So what I expect is that my mom didn't see these until after I reached out and said, hey, this guy is on my... So on December 10th, my mom responds to him. Hi, Tim. I remember you. I'm truly shocked. Brett did mention something to me, but I didn't understand what he was talking about. All this time, 52 years, and I thought someone else was Brett's father. He has been deceased since 1972. I don't know how to talk to him about this. He was really, really... (laughs) He was... Sorry. It's okay. He he was really, really late if you're his father. I guess I better say something to him quick. He has always longed to know his family, so I'm sure he will want to talk to you. He is my only child and means the world to me. I have two granddaughters. One is in college and lives in Chicago. The youngest is 15. This is so crazy, but it's not fair of me to say nothing. I will let you know how it goes. I think you saw him once at Lenny's. Do you remember that? Thank you for the information. Love, Debbie. Um, And then he responds, thanks so much for getting back to me. He and you have been on my mind every day. I think he already knows. uh, I'm sorry, wait a minute. You can now... I think he already knows because he went on the Ancestry DNA website on Thanksgiving and again several days later. I don't know if he looked at the matches, but if he did, he would have seen me listed as his father, my daughter listed as his sister, and my sister listed as his aunt, as well as a raft full of other relatives. I had assumed that maybe you had told him about my note, but it sounds like it was just a coincidence that he went on the... I'd love to talk with you and introduce you uh, and Brett to my family. And then he gives his phone number. Love, Tim. Like I said, you want me to keep going with this? There's a whole thread. I can stop if you want, whatever you want. Yeah, let's stop and okay. maybe send it to me if you think it's pertinent. But I just want to say again, like, You know, I didn't know this part of the story, but, like, what a perfect response from a dad. I mean, you're a lucky guy. Yeah. Like, like he immediately wanted to get to know you but didn't want to, like, press anything. Yeah. I mean, and just, I don't know. That was just a perfect message to get. And she handled it so perfectly. I don't know. Yeah. No, it was... I think so. I mean, it was was good, um, the way that it was handled. And... uh, she told me about those messages, but I got them in real life after she passed away because I had all of her f- logins and Facebook and everything, and I'm the guy that was listed to keep it, keep the thing alive, so to speak. So uh, the memorial page or whatever. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that was a thing. Yeah, on Facebook, you can basically have a beneficiary that will be your person to you know, take care of your post-mortem website i guess wow so she calls me and i'm at work i call her back she says i'm so sorry um i'm embarrassed by this but it turns out i think this guy tim denton is your father and i'm really busy that day at work so i'm kind of like okay all right wow that's really mind-blowing do we know if he's a good guy (laughs) and and then i i said i will she said, he wants to connect with you. I'll send you his phone number. I'm kind of obsessed with that moment when, like, denial fades or, or gets blasted away and you're just left with this new knowledge. Yeah. It, it sounds like you just got busy with work so you didn't have to deal with the feelings. That moment. I cried. I mean, right away I got emotional over it. And I, I, I'm, a, I'm a crier, so I, I definitely felt it for half a second. Like, oh, my God, I have this guy as a dad. But then I went and looked up all the rest of, like, my sister and my him and what his, like, that kind of stuff before I contacted them. I wanted to make sure that there wasn't going to be anything like that I just 
can't live with. Right. <laughs> you know, from after kind of checking them out a little bit and looking kind of at their background, I was like, okay, they, they might be okay to connect with. Um, so I reached out to him and I called him and, and he saw my name come up and he answered the phone with, I'm, you know, I'm so glad you called. I've been waiting kind of to hear from you. Which is good. That's way better than, hi, son. Yeah. Yeah. No. It was something to that effect. I mean, I don't know exactly what the conversation right. I was in the car driving home from work, actually, when I when I called and reached out. And um, Was that the same day? Yeah. That your it was mom that afternoon. told you? Yeah, it was that afternoon. That's so... I mean, such a... I mean, we all have crazy stories, but the fact that you're... You had this legend... Yeah. Of a father yeah. that died and, you know. That I found his family. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I get to live it and twice. You, and you look like him. <laughs> yeah, and I look like him. That's right. That's right. And so how'd that call go on the way home? It was good. I, um, you know, I got to, he, he, my dad is kind of an open book guy, kind of like me. I mean, we're very similar when it comes to um, our personalities, kind of our beliefs and that kind of stuff. But also he's a really talkative guy. So he was very open and wanting to share everything about his family and, you know, his kids and his parents and his brothers and sisters. And, and, um, and I, a matter of fact, I really couldn't get a word in edgewise. I kept trying to, oh, wow. And then I start to ask a question and he, no, no, let me tell you about this. I got to tell you, <laughs> he was very excited, very enthusiastic to, um, embrace me and bring me into the family. And that Christmas Eve, we actually went over to his house. My wife and kids and I went over to his house and I, I, um, met my sister and my brothers, which was a few weeks after you found out. Right. Yeah. 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 I, I had talked to my sister. They all, so he posted or I post, maybe I made that post. I don't know what date that was on that I made that post. So we'll get back to his post in a minute, but I just want to say when I first found out I was an MPE and I found after I'd found the Facebook groups, I um, I made a post in one of the groups and my first one to kind of tell my story. And I get this message from Eve Sturgis with everything's relative with Eve Sturgis. And because we knew each other in real life. And she's like, oh, my God, I knew this day would come. I knew that one day somebody would post something that was an MPE that I would know in real life, but I never thought it would be you, Don, or something like that. So it was very welcoming, her post. But So Brett was my first person that I knew in real life that just posted something on Facebook. And this is the post that he left. Okay, so, uh, yeah, so this was the post on December 16th, 2021. Uh, stories change. All my life, I believed that I was an only child and that my dad was a junkie that was killed by the police while during, uh, during a failed robbery attempt when I was a baby. I was so locked into the belief that when I saw a 50% match on Ancestry DNA, I disregarded it as wrong. After all, according to Ancestry, I had many cousins, etc. that I'd never met and that did not respond to my inquiries. I blew it off. My mother called me last week and explained that she was shocked and embarrassed, but it appears that another man is my biological father and that he contacted her. My story changed overnight. I have two brothers and a sister, aunts and uncles, many cousins, nieces and nephews. I met my dad in person last night. He is awesome. The family is embracing me and welcoming me with love. I feel incredibly blessed to be having this experience. I love my mom and do not fault her in any way. I am the man I am today because the life I have lived, including the false story I believed. Stories change, and this one has changed for the better. Another happy beginning. We put that post out there, and I just got bombarded. Like, everybody in the family, like aunts, uncles, cousins, um, and it's oh, a huge Oh, did you tag family. him in that? Yeah, I don't know if it was my post or if he posted about right. it. I'm not sure, but... But the bottom line is that everybody was like, hey, welcome to the family. Yada, yada. Like, like just cousins. Like my, my, uh, my aunt, uh, his sister had um, 
adopted kids, like adopted kids uh, from Africa. And they had siblings out there and they all were con- contacting me. I mean, we had just I just had so many people reaching out to me from like and wanting to be my friend. Like suddenly I, I had this whole list of people that were trying to friend me on Facebook, you know, <laughs> I know it's I mean, I talk about this sometimes. It's like with for people like me and like I'm sure like you, like to me, that was such a. A fucking rush. Yeah. Like all that like attention and love yeah. bombing. And yeah. it was like, and, and thank God for it because yeah. it's not it, like it filled that hole that was immediately created. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I got a lot of attention for sure and yes. a lot of love around it. So you went to their house for Christmas. Yeah. And so how was your wife and kids like all of a sudden get a new grandpa? Like did they, my kids don't care that yeah. much. <laughs> Yeah, I'm kind of I, – I, I, you know, I'm sure they care. So I don't want to say that they don't care. My, I, I think that, you know, my wife was extremely supportive as she always is and um, was just like, yeah, this is really weird. I mean, this is – this is cool. You know, she was just like, this is cool. And, and my kids were too. My kids were like, oh, you know, that's really cool. Um, but at the same point, they were like, they were really cool at Christmas time. They were like, they all, we all went at Christmas Eve and that kind of stuff. And they were like, cool, we got this new family. And they were embracing it. And it was nice. It was neat. Yeah. And they, does he have your, and so you call him dad now, right? I do. Yeah. I call him pop, but right. You know. So he, um, does, is he married? Yes. Is he married to the mom of his kids? No, he's not married to the mom of his kids. He got remarried. And um, had uh, no more kids after he got remarried. But his wife raised his kids because they were young when they got Oh, okay. Yeah. And she was cool and everything? She was great. Yeah. She's a really nice lady and has totally embraced me and brought me kind of into the family and great cook and she made a wonderful dinner for us. And <laughs> and wow. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they're really good people. Yeah. But here's the weirdest part, or there's a lot of weird parts to this. He lived less than a mile from my mom. They didn't know each other, but they literally live on the same main street, like off of the same main street, Brookhurst in in Huntington Beach, like literally half a mile away from each other. Wow. So, and my sister's a librarian. She's really cool. We have a really deep, cool connection. Um. My brothers are great, you know, they're good people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so. It sounds like you hit the jackpot. I did. I and, did. And so that was 2021? Yep. So 2021. You're, you're two years in, almost yep. to the to the yep. day. And, and we still talk. Um, and we do. I always learn something new. So you could probably hear it in his voice. Brett started getting congested, so we took a break from recording. And while we were on the break, I don't know if his sister texted him or something. We started talking about his sister, and he had asked her a couple of days ago if she would be want to be on the podcast, and she had said yes. So we decided, why not try it? So we called her. This is Jessica, his new sister. A couple things to note. One is Brett's biological father's last name is Denton, and my mom's maiden name is Denton. I traced both trees all the way back. Mine went back to North Carolina. His went back to Virginia. 1700s. We're not related. I mean, I'm sure we are at some point, but not directly. And the other thing is Jessica, his sister, which she kind of talks about here, when she was in college, she gave eggs four times, four times. All four of them resulted in embryos. I think that's how you'd say it. I'm not too sure on that. But she went on 23andMe and there were two twin daughters on there. So she signed up on Ancestry to see if there were more. And that's how she found Brett. You weren't? Was it only Ancestry? Okay. Okay. So so I went on 23andMe and I guess, okay. So I did see, I did see like two of the um, like t- twin sisters from my donations, which was like crazy. And so I think then that's why I went on Ancestry is because I was like, okay, let's see if they're using other services or whatever. So I went on Ancestry and I saw, um, and I saw Brett and it said, you know, it gives you like a, um, 
an estimated or like a what it thinks your relationship is. And it said um, that we shared 25% DNA. And that just like super confused me because I'm like, if he was a half brother, wouldn't it be 50%? And I think that my brain just wasn't, I literally, I didn't even tell dad about it. Like I, even though he'd said, cause he, I think he had a feeling, you know? And so he was like, there might be somebody on there that's a sibling. And I said, that would be amazing. Like, I have no fear of that, you know, like it's, that's great. And I think ancestry is the one that says like first cousin or whatever. Yes. Like, yeah. like they don't say half sibling. Yeah. I don't think it said, I don't think it said half sibling. It definitely says half sister now for sure. But I think that says that now because, because dad went on there, but yeah. But at the time I thought that maybe he was like uncle Danny was the only one I could think of that maybe would have had, you know, a kid that we didn't know about. And I was like, maybe it's uncle Danny's kid. And I just was not, I was just like, I'm just not going to deal with this. Like that's basically how I, you know, but my dad got really interested and he was like, I'm going to go ahead and do it. And, um, so he did it and he called me and I knew, like I saw my phone ring cause I knew that he'd gotten his results. Like he told me he was waiting and stuff and he called me and he said, I have something to tell you. And I, and I went, Brett's my brother. <laughs> he was like, yes. <laughs> how did you, you saw him? And I was like, yes, I saw him on there. I just didn't know what to do with that information. So I just kind of. I'm like, learning new stuff. I didn't know about this part. This is interesting. Oh no. yeah. Like. I, you know, so you knew he was was doing ancestry, but you, but he didn't know. He didn't know that I, because I never told him. Because again, I don't know Uh what it was, but there was something that I was just, I was unwilling to process that. Right. Without, I think, without the confirmation from him, maybe. Because once he said it, I was all, I mean, I was the one who, who found Brett on Facebook and stuff, you know. He knew because he saw the last name. He absolutely knew, you know, that, um, who Brett was and everything because, you know, he remembered Debbie and he remembered that that was kind of who he, like he'd met Brett, right? When you were like one or two. Yeah. He met me. uh, I found out today, Jessica, that he met me a couple of times. (laughs) Oh, and apparently he met. I've ever heard about the one, like the one time that my mom was there. Yeah. My mom mom was like, um, a baby. (laughs) That baby looks like you. Yeah. That was the, um, that was the second time. Uh, we met. Apparently, he met me one time when I was about six months old also. But then once my dad kind of came in with the information about Debbie and like some other information, then I went back to Facebook and I found and I found a picture. I think, did I show you this, Brett? The picture? I think I did. The, the picture that I found of you holding Olivia. It was like a Father's Day picture. Yeah. That you that you shared a couple of years ago again. It was like a memory, you know, of when she was like, I mean, little enough to be picked up and held, but still pretty big, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and you looked just like that, like, but without, you know, when he didn't have a beard and stuff. And I was like, holy shit. Sorry. I don't know if we're allowed to swear, but I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> and then it was a, and then literally right the post right below that was a Mother's Day post where you tagged your mom. And I was like, okay, found him. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so. But we should go because this is um, – my battery's going to die okay. in a minute for one. All and, right. And I hate episodes going over an hour or so. Okay. No problem. But seriously though, Jessica, if you ever want to thank- do an episode with the egg babies. Yeah. Jessica. Oh, yes. If I – I'll – yeah. I'll definitely yeah. – I'll reach out. Yeah. We'll, I'm looking you know. forward to meeting them at some point. We'll see. Oh, I know. And you know what Dad said? See, this is again – this is what Dad said. She told me I'm not allowed to reach out to him. When I told him about them, he said he was like more granddaughters. And then when he found out about Faith and Olivia, did I tell you this, Brett, the first time because I found you on Facebook? No. And I told him and he and he stood, he teared up and said, I have more granddaughters because <laughs> he just he loves his grandbabies Aww. so much. So anyway. Jessica, thank you. I really appreciate you, uh, you know, impromptu jumping on here with us. I'm going to call oh, that. Sure. I'm going to call Pop now and see if he'll. <laughs> He's available. You, to you do know, you can thing. always catch me spontaneously better than planning something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks so much for coming um, on. Okay. Well, I love you, and thank love you, you for calling me. Okay. And we'll we'll talk we'll talk soon. All right. Talk to you later. Thank okay. you. Bye. Bye. Oh, she's great. Yeah. 
She's awesome. Like, you guys totally sound like siblings, so. Yeah, we told, listen, her and I, she went to Rachel Maddow with me a few weeks ago, you know, to watch the live Rachel Maddow, uh, you know, presentation and stuff. We're, we're like, very, like, connected uh, along a lot of lines. So. All right, so let me change batteries. Yep. So I changed batteries, and then we called Tim, Brett's biological father. Pops. So Tim, why don't we? What do you just tell? I think the easiest thing is tell us from your point of view the story about you. Um, you finding Brett. I obviously had met uh, Debbie Dalton, Brett's mom. You know, in nineteen sixty-eight, sometime. I assume it was probably in the spring of sixty-eight, uh, possibly a little bit earlier. But it was around that time we met, became acquainted, became friends. And uh, in the course of things, we became involved sexually, which was certainly not an uncommon occurrence during that era of the 60s, at least amongst the groups of people that I spent time with and lived with, etc. And Debbie, when she became pregnant, I wasn't seeing her at the time that I heard about through a friend, and I inquired to see whether or not I was the father and I was assured that I was not the father. Later on, I asked Debbie when I did see her, and she said the same thing. And she said that she was going to be having the baby. So that was where I was left with the story. Um, a few months after Brett was born, I went over to Debbie's house. On that visit, Tim got to meet Brett for the first time. Brett was just a couple years old. And Debbie assured him that Brett was Michael's kid. Two years later, Tim and his fiance were visiting Lenny. And guess who was there? Debbie, Michael, and two-year-old Brett. And, you know, we visited with him. thought he was a cute baby. Uh, Debbie's boyfriend glared at me and didn't say a word to me. So I don't know what he had heard about our relationship, or if he was angry about it or what. But he, I, I assume he may have just been that type of a person who didn't always visit or was someone on the gruff side. But we left after a few minutes, and while we were driving away, my soon-to-be wife turned to me and said, he looks just like your baby pictures. And so that it always left me suspicious and wondering about it. But I had never done anything, you know, intentionally to find out anything. Uh, my daughter, Jessica, who you had evidently, I think, spoken to earlier from what Brett said, had donated eggs to a mother that she, I don't think she really had a relationship with the person or anything, but it was to a couple who wound up children. She had donated some of her eggs there. And she had told me about going on this site, so to see about finding the kids. And I thought, well, that'd be cool. Maybe I have some other grandkids out there. I thought, eh, maybe I'd even find out something about Brett, but I was never really had any kind of consistent feeling that it was likely that he was my son because Debbie had said no, but I always was a little bit suspicious and wondered. Did you know his name? Uh, yes, I did. I did know his name because I remember it from when he was a baby when I had uh, met, the, you know, where I saw Debbie and she told me about her son, Brett. And for whatever reason, I remembered it probably again because in the back of my mind, I had always wondered. Hmm. And um, even if it wasn't something I was intentionally looking for, I'd always wondered about it. And one day when I was at my office, I'm a lawyer, and I was sitting at my desk just doing some general work, and I got an alert from whatever the uh, site it was. Maybe it was both those sites. It was Ancestry. And, okay, and I went and looked it up and saw that I have a son named Brett, and I started crying, <laughs> which really helped my office manager comes and finds me crying or sitting at my desk, which is not a normal situation. <laughs> but I remember I called up Nancy and told her because I was – uh, kind of excited. I called up Jessica. Nancy's my and, his his wife now. Yeah, yeah. Nancy is my current wife, not the one who I was married to at the time, who's Jessica's mother. Um, but from then, I got the opportunity to to meet Brett and to develop a relationship with him. Although I'm not very good at calling him regular, staying in, in continuous <laughs> touch, but that's just because. I'm bad at that with all my kids, but it's been great to get to know him, and, uh, and we love Brett. He's uh, very much now considered a part of the family, and we like to be able to include him in everything that we do, 
as little as it may be on an ongoing basis. Yeah, it sounds he read me the text on Facebook that you sent Debbie, and it's I mean I was saying like he's a really lucky guy. Like you guys, um, you had the perfect reaction to someone finding out in, in terms of, you know, I have a lot of people on the podcast that get rejected and, and I, you know, in this world, it, it, it's not always a happy ending. And it like, I think this is one of the best ones I've heard. Yeah, so. Well, I think that that would be awfully sad for a kid to be rejected by any parent but particularly by an absent parent who had not really contributed much to, to the person's life or development. And then on top of everything else, that insult to injury says, I, I don't care or I don't want to have anything to do with you. You know, that'd be dreadful. Yeah. And, and I'm actually really pleased and I'm really proud of who Brett is because, uh, you know, I can't take any credit for any of it, but I, I'm just really proud of who he is as a person. Well, thanks so much for coming on and taking the call and um and thank you for you know being so open to being in Brett's life that speaks volumes. Well, I Brett's important to me and I like to make him feel that, that I really believe that even if we don't <laughs> see each other very much. And um I'm glad to help any way I can. Well thanks, uh, Pop. I love you, man. Okay, I love you too, Brett. And thank you so much for inviting me on this. No problem. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Cool. That's my dad. I think it's a good place to stop. I'd like to thank Brett for coming on and telling his story here today. Also, I'd like to thank Tim, his bio dad, and his sister, Jessica, who both of them just jumped on spontaneously. How many people would do that? If you'd like to get in touch with Don, you can email him at Don. N-P-E at iCloud.com. Or you can follow me on Instagram at N-P-E underscore life underscore podcast. You can leave a message there. Most importantly, please rate this show. It really helps a lot. And if you're really cool, leave a review. I love hearing from you guys. It's December 16th, 2023. Hopefully I'll have an episode or two out before Christmas. If not, you guys have a Merry Christmas and a great New Year, but I'm sure you'll see me on the next episode of Missing Pieces in PE Life. Thanks.